Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today. As we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2, we will get into our lesson right after this. Today, we deal with lesson number 27 in Systematic Theology. We will be looking at what the Word of God calls the grace of giving. We now join in progress, part four of our study. We are also to be involved in giving to meet the needs of those by whom we receive the word of God. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Notice that the promise that is attached to verse 6 The promise is that God will pay us for our giving. If we give to the flesh, then from the flesh, we're going to get something that doesn't make it through eternity. In fact, it doesn't even make it into eternity. But if we take that which God gives us and use it to supply the needs of those that God has allowed to present the gospel to us, and help us grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, then we have the promise of God that will go into eternity. Now, we may not see a return on our money right now in this life, though many expect that, but we are guaranteed by the law of sowing and reaping that we shall receive the crop at the hands of God. The purpose of our getting a job and going to work is not just to satisfy our bellies like the one spoken of in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 19, which says, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. These men only worship what satisfies their belly and they're headed for loss. So we don't go to work just to satisfy fleshly lust. We have a greater purpose. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28, it says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Our greater purpose is to have to give to the needs of others. This is why we need to abound in the grace of giving also. Our giving should be compassionate giving. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17 says, But whoso hath this world's good, but whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? 
We are to give out of compassion for the needy, our needy brothers. Now, this isn't communism, and it is not socialism, which is just another word for communism. Nor is it fascism, which is just another word for communism. Neither is this the government taking from our pocket to put in the pocket of somebody else. Mostly their own pockets. This is the act of a willing heart. For God wants us to be willing givers. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. For if they be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. This scripture makes very plain that God is looking for a willing mind, a willing offering unto the Lord is what he's looking for. We find that in Exodus chapter 35 and verse 29. We are willing to give because we have compassion upon people. Just like our Savior had compassion. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 34, for one instance, that Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were his sheep not having a shepherd. Compassion is defined in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary as suffering with another, painful sympathy, a sensation of sorrow, excited by the distress or misfortunes of another, pity, commiseration. Compassion is a mixed passion compounded of love and sorrow. At least some portion of love generally attends the pain or regret or is excited by it. Extreme distress of an enemy even changes enmity into at least temporary affection. It is more than just a surface feeling for people. It is a deep-seated concern, sharing in their burden, pitying them, and setting out to do something to help them. This requires that we abound in the grace of giving also. Now, our giving is not to be haphazard, but purposeful. It's to be done on purpose. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 says. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. This is on purpose giving. That means we made a decision in our hearts to give to God and to his service. This is a decision that shows that we love the Lord and the sincerity of our love is proven by our carrying out our giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 8 says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. You want to prove the sincerity of your love for your Christian brothers and sisters? Then get involved in the grace of giving. Just as God showed forth his love to us, According to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, listen to it. 
But God commendeth, he showed it, he set it out before us, commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even so, we should show our love towards God by our giving, what we have promised to give to God. All of our giving is to be done simply, quietly, and privately. We are not looking for the praise of men. We're looking for the praise of God. The praise of God is eternal. The praise of men is only temporary. The same ones who praise you today, like they did Jesus as he entered Jerusalem, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We find that in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 9. May in a very short time be crying out like this same crowd, Crucify him, crucify him. This we find in Luke chapter 23 and verse 21. We live in a fickle world, a world that Jesus described as being like children playing in the marketplace. Look at Luke chapter 7 and verse 32. Listen to it. They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. So don't live to please men, for not only will you not be able to, to please men, but you won't be able to please God either. Galatians 1.10 says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Pretty plain statement. This is why we should be simple in our giving and quiet. Let God praise you. Don't worry about men praising you. 